the Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Check, check, check. Can you talk to me, Cat? I can talk to you, Moose. I can talk to you in your sweatshirt. It is 105 degrees where I am today, and you are wearing a sweatshirt. I'm very jealous. It is 66 degrees where I am. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, Kat. Hey, Moose. How are you today? You know, I'm all right. I'm, I'm actually kind of struggling a little bit today, and I really haven't been able to find the root of it, which makes me think it's hormonal. Um, and it makes me kind of believe all this like witchy poo voodoo stuff that this um, your guided health journey lady, Melissa Daly, has been teaching me about how food um, impacts our bodies. And I think now that I'm off of this cleanse, um, I, I think I'm kind of feeling the effects of um, retoxing. Are you hungover? No. Oh. Um, did you eat anything that could have made you feel this way? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not on the cleanse anymore, so I've still been eating like super healthy. Um, and you know, like I had wine with my dinner last night and I'm having a glass of wine right now, but normally that makes me happy. And I don't feel like that is what is affecting or not affecting my mood. Um, I just kind of woke up fussy this morning. Oh, that's okay. We all have that. Have you ever, um, have you ever thought of the Holy Spirit as seductive? Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard about this uh, Candace Cameron beret? No. You know? No. So, okay, this is the headline on, on, I was flipping through Instagram yesterday and here's what comes up. Candace Cameron Bure apologizes for seductive posts that reference the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, I usually don't apologize for these things, but a lot of you thought it was weird and I'm sorry. So Aww. apparently what happened was on TikTok, uh, by the way, Candace Cameron is 45, which is crazy. That means we're old too. <laughs> right. But you know, she's soup Christian. So, um, apparently she did this TikTok video of herself leaning towards the camera while mouthing the lyrics to the, uh, Lana Del Rey song, jealous girl. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the video, she shows off a copy of her Bible. Okay. <laughs> Which is weird anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and then in her caption, she wrote, when they don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh. So I guess she's calling out Lana Del Rey. Um, Wait, how is she calling out Lana Del Rey? Well, I'm guessing that, well, she said, when they don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. And the song is called Jealous Girl. Okay. But she's singing the song. I don't know. I don't know. It's this big uproar. And so um, somebody commented and said, the Holy Spirit isn't seductive. What is this? <laughs> and, and then somebody wrote, I like that the Christians are like devouring themselves. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then somebody said, sensualizing your beliefs in the Holy Spirit, you're kind of missing the mark here. And then somebody said, the song doesn't match the Bible. It's seductive. But at least she is bold in showing her Bible. Oh, my gosh. 
I find all of that to be so silly. I know. And then later she deletes the video from Instagram while leaving it up on TikTok, which I'm not on TikTok, so I can't see it. Um, and then she had this lengthy apology, which is just so dumb. And it's like, hi, I just came home. I read a lot of messages. You were not happy with my latest Instagram post. I usually don't apologize for these things, but you thought it was weird and I'm sorry. That was not my intention. I was using a very specific clip from TikTok and applying it to the power of the Holy Spirit, which is incredible. Everybody gets whatever. But I, well, I just went to dig into it a little bit. It's like, how is the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that song like Jealous Girl? Like, I don't I guess I don't understand the correlation. I don't either. I just I like watching people fight on Instagram. <laughs> Especially Christians. Especially Christians. Well, it makes me think of um, of the uh, the book called The Final Quest um, that's written by, oh, I can't think of it right now. It's not Dutch Sheets. Um, Rick Joyner. Oh, man, I can't think of it. It's a prophetic book that was written, I think, back like in the 80s or 90s. It's Rick Joyner. And it basically talks about like this, this person who wrote the Rick Joyner, that's the guy that wrote it. Um, the guy that wrote the book had all these like quote unquote prophetic dreams and basically like what he saw and, and I'm really dumbing it down, but you know, that's necessary for me. So what, what he saw is he basically saw like Christians fighting against each other. And that's what was helping the enemy's army win. Oh, is that like kind of like friendly fire type thing? It's like, you're a stupid Christian. No, you're a stupid Christian. And so I'm going to kill you. Then I'm going to kill you. And like Satan's army's like, ha ha ha. Like we don't even have to fight because they're going to just fight each other. Kind of like, you know, it, almost like the devil inciting a civil war amongst believers, you know? And this is what this feels like to me. It feels very similar. So it makes me think his book truly was prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need us to, uh, Make a note here that I really want the title, at least part of the title, to be Satan's Army. Satan's Army? <laughs> okay, wait a minute. This makes me... I don't have any of this written down, but this makes me think about, um, you know, it's you hash, if you want to go on a deep dive, ha do hashtag religious trauma on Instagram because mm. we follow it. <laughs> I don't know if you realize <laughs> that, but on our cat and moose. We follow uh -huh. it because it's just so interesting. Some of it is a little much, even for me. Um, and I'm not saying that people haven't had traumatic experiences. I just don't relate to some of them because I didn't grow up in a super religious household, you know, where, you know, I couldn't listen to mainstream music and all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Me either. Or wait, my favorite word, secular <laughs> yeah, secular music, <laughs> which, which just basically means like you are not holy. Um, but it was interesting because do you remember those Frank Peretti books? Uh, oh yeah. This, this present, present darkness. darkness. Oh yeah. I loved that book. Well, I did too until it became reality. And, you know, speaking of religious trauma, like a big part of that is the fire and brimstone. Like you're basically going to hell unless you walk up here right now and, drink this grape juice and cracker and fall to the ground in a full on um hysterical cry <laughs> screaming Slain in the spirit screaming the sins that yeah. have you have committed <laughs> at yeah. only 12 years of age 
Right, right, right. Impure thoughts, get thee behind me, Satan. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I'm not quite sure what impure means at 12 years old. But you talk about like that. Um, is that the one about the rapture or is that a different book? No, I think that um, the rapture one that you're talking about is um, left behind. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's right. So this present darkness was all about, it was sort of a physical or um, a fictional representation of what happens between uh, the good and the bad on a spiritual level. Isn't that right? Yeah. It was basically like depicting the spirit realm, uh, like kind of overlaying that on like real life. Yeah. And I remember reading that as a teenager because, you know, it was kind of like given to me as like, oh, you like to read? Like, read this. (laughs) And I just remember just thinking, this is the craziest shit ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree. It's one of the few books I've ever completed in my life um, because I was so um, enthralled by it. Like I, I read where the Redfern grows. I read Watership Down and I read this present darkness, like as a young person, like I think those are like the only three books I actually completed. All of those uh, sound really sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they really are actually, no wonder I'm kind of feeling a little, little depressed today. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Remembering all that. Well, okay. So will you, I would love for you to explain for those who may not have the history that we have in the Christian space, like how how do Christians view the spirit realm? Like that phrase is just so psychedelic anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I certainly am not the authority on how Christians view things. So let's start with that. Um, I can definitely share my opinion. And that is that um I think that there are a set of uh believers um in the Judeo-Christian space or whatever that think that there is a realm that is not a part of our like physical realm that that every now and then is able to inject itself or interject itself into the physical realm. For example, like guardian angels, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of Christians believe, oh, you have a guardian angel. And so as you're driving your car and you see this other car, like spin off on the side of the road, your guardian angels, like protecting you from that car, you know, but your guardian angel is something that you don't necessarily see or even have a tangible awareness of his or her presence. So, um, that's kind of what I understand it to be. It's meant to be like um descriptive of this realm that is in between uh in well not even in between but it's not us here on earth it's it's basically what's happening in heaven technically above us so let's break that down for a minute because why not okay right sure so i find it so interesting like i i don't think even i think most people who have a spiritual sense about themselves aren't afraid to believe like that yes there's kind of good and evil maybe not evil but they're open to the idea of i know what good looks like and i know what it doesn't mm-hmm. look like if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. um i think the part for me that that gets so hairy and scary that can also be part of the title is like um you know, I, I think some people would call it manipulation in some way where it can feel like I need you to do this because, you know, the, the the biggest one of those would be I need you to accept Jesus into your heart because you're going to die and, you know, be burned by fire for eternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But then when they talk about like, okay, there's a spirit realm and um, when it's for you and, you know, like, I don't know, it just feels very um, a little woo woo to me. Like, I believe there's a spirit realm. Like, I, I, I think that that's part of the reason why you can recognize, um, you know, people have experiences with people who've passed. Mm-hmm. So I have to believe in a spirit realm because I believe that. And mm-hmm. I believe that there, I believe in the divine. So I feel mm-hmm. the energy of a spirit realm. I think it's been manipulated in some ways, though. Well, I think it goes from it goes from people describing their experiences to people then saying that my experiences equal fact. Yeah, that's good. You know, and it's like, okay, it's it's like, you know, my experience in, you know, having a, a bodywork session with someone who is very energetically in tune, um, there is no doubt that something is going on there. If I feel like I need to define that and say my truth now needs to become everybody's truth, that's where I think we get in trouble. And and so to me, it's like, I, I think it's really awesome if we can just hold space for each other's versions of that, mm-hmm. you know, because I think each one of us needs to have a belief that surely there is something beyond the suffering of this life. Like mm-hmm. surely there is something beyond even the joys of this life. Like surely nature and the universe and God or, you know, wh- whatever name you want to use, it's like, it's like surely there is something greater than me, yep. you know? And it's like, I think it's really important for each of us to be able to have our own, our own versions of that, but to be told by other people know this is fact when there is no fact to be proven that to me is where I think we get in trouble. And that that's where I think religious trauma comes from. Yeah. I think you're right. Kat. I think, uh, you know, I say this all the time, but I think it goes from, um, you know, often we look at religion as being a, um, a place that we congregate, and, you know, we look at that community as a part of our spiritual uh, wellness or our spiritual whatever identity, I guess is a better mm-hmm. way to say it. But mm-hmm. I think that, like I always say, I think your spiritual journey has to be personal before yeah. it ever becomes a communal thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if your experience, if you're not rooted in your own experiences, I think it's very easy to look around and go, oh, I see you having an experience. I see you having an experience. And I think that's really sad because I think that's where a lot of people fall into. Well, I'll just do what everybody else is doing and then I'll be a part of this and I'll have these experiences. And then sometimes they're let down that they don't. And so it's mm-hmm. like, actually, what if whatever your spiritual practice is, is between you and whatever it is that you feel important to connect with, or whether that's an intention or the divine um, why isn't that good enough? Right, exactly. And it's like, it makes me also want to go like, you could have a similar experience if you go do orange theory with somebody. Uh, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, it's like, you want to get hyped up. Okay. Like let's kind of get our hearts into that like orange zone and let's do it together. And yeah, that's going to be a shared experience, right. you know? And it's right. like, so it, it's like, we take something that, that is like purely human and we make it like super like spiritual and weird and and i just oh man really really bugs me i agree it's been interesting because this week um camping i've been around a group of people 
it's been really nice to be honest um who aren't inherently religious at all like they mm. just they don't go to church they're not you know and and to are they see, spiritual uh yeah i would say they're very spiritual people uh-huh just um not religious exactly and so mm-hmm. they don't have a specific religion that they're chasing or any of that and that's super rare for me to not be around that it's been a huge breath of fresh air because i would say mm. like um you know they're not entangled by the should I do this or shouldn't I do this? And I, mm-hmm. I think that was really interesting, even a few days in for me to start having these conversations and notice like uh, I was sharing like, you know, you know, there's parts of me that want to do these other things in my life besides what I'm doing. And they literally looked at me like, well, why don't you do it? I mean, you said that that <laughs> that your bodywork therapist said that to you mm-hmm. recently as well. And it's so interesting and it got me thinking like um what if prayer when we say like i need to pray about it mm-hmm. you know that can kind of be a habitual thing that people say in some of these bubbles and it just made me think like i'm not saying you can't have peace from god or any of that i believe that to be true but it just made me wonder when we say like well maybe you know should i or shouldn't i do this or that let me pray about it it made me think like is that a form of overthinking. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe it is a form of overthinking it. You mentioned my bodywork therapist and I remember her saying to me a couple of weeks ago um, and she kind of said it, you know, super like in passing, but she was like, you know, as long as I can go outside and ask the trees for help, I'll be fine. And I remember thinking like, huh, like I've never thought of that before. And it's like, how, how is asking the trees outside for help any different than saying a prayer to God? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that there needs to be a difference, you know? And it's like, we've like colloquialized prayer in, in such a way that it's like, it's just become, again, it's become weird. And it's like, yeah. I, I just think that like, to hold an intention towards something, you know, whether that's prayer or whether that's asking the trees for help. I just don't know that there's, there's a huge delineation there. Right. And I think we've also overlooked if God is in us, then we know the way. Right. Right. And that scares some people, but it doesn't scare me at all because I really like the idea of God being in us Mm -hmm. and not above us. Right. Right. Or both. And, yeah. you know, like that's that's one of my instructor's favorite things to say is like, it could be this and it could be this. It may be this and it may not be this, you know, and it's like, ah, it drives me crazy. And I think it's true. Right. You know, I think it's I think it's really true. OK, we just got um, a text on the cat and moose hotline from Leslie as we're recording. OK. And she's just. <laughs> She's just texting her us her highlights from last week's episode. Okay. And here's what the texts say. You were a little kissing whore on top of your college theater. <laughs> and then she says, and oral sex being second base made me laugh so hard. Like there is some sure steps missing in between. Exactly. <laughs> and then she put ass pinches are a base. Ha ha ha. And then she wrote slow claw because I talked about you were saying how you didn't like an ass pinch. And I was like, well, it's a grab. She said, I'm crying laughing. And then she said, best comment yet. We should do a podcast where we interview women about um, what they like. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, we've gone off the rails uh, for sure. Last week was off the rails. Yeah, last week was off the rails. It's it's really um, it's been a bit of a contradiction to me, and I'm, I want to actually talk to you about it. Um, is that I really want to have my favorite weather lady on the podcast, Lisa Spencer from Channel Four here in Nashville, um, and I I can't point her to an episode. <laughs> <laughs> where I don't think she's going to be like, this is not on brand for me. <laughs> um, t- we got a, We got another text from Tori this week. <laughs> she said, I'm following instructions and stopping everything I'm doing to text you all. This week's episode that I'm currently listening to is hilarious. The three of you are killing me. So damn funny. Thanks for bringing me joy. Hugs, Tori. Thanks for writing in, Tori. Oh, I love that. And we also heard from our most loyal listener ever, Chris. Um, And uh, he said, such a great episode. Love knowing that producer Sarah edited out at a campsite. I love the adventures you guys take. Super jealous over here. The rounding the bases part made me laugh so hard. Mouth wide open in shock and cat's horror around the O word. I love this week. (laughs) And you guys rock so hard. (laughs) Oh my gosh, a couple of my favorite moments, uh, because we we had a couple technical failures because we are out camping and we finally figured it out, so sorry that got up late. Um, But one of my favorite moments is you trying to name home base. (laughs) Right. And and you just keep keep talking, and then I just yell at you after you finally say the O word. It was really good. Yeah. And we heard from our friend Andrea, um, and she was saying that she too gets triggered um, by like big happy family type settings that she observes. And she says, there's a Kurdish family in our neighborhood who has a huge get togethers. And sometimes there are 30 cars in the yard and lining the streets, big women and caftans making food, burly, manly men smoking in the driveway and laughing, kids playing. What? I've considered walking up and asking if I can join in. Please adopt me into your happy family. Let me eat your food and listen to your stories. That's not creepy at all, right? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm so glad somebody else understands. That was very vulnerable for mm-hmm. me to say that that I happy families are hard, but I apparently prefer a little more conflict. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it's it's kind of like we talked about uh, a couple of podcasts ago. It's almost like I think we prefer the conflict because it's what we know, you know, and we're uncomfortable in the big happy family exactly. setting because it's yeah. like, OK, this is not normal. It's like it's not normal to get together with family and not somebody have a meltdown or a fight somewhere. You know, it's like that's just not normal. Exactly. So if I if I hang out with any of our listeners, some of you are friends, many of you will be friends. <laughs> just try and have a fight with your spouse when I'm around. It would make me feel a lot more at home. <laughs> yeah. Or really just argue with me. Like just start a fight with me. It'll be perfect. <laughs> well, you know, eights, we are known for and quote, starting fights, but really we're just trying to create connection. Yeah. Yeah. Quite the antagonist for sure. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I have a question for you. Okay. I have been having really cool conversations with the group of friends that we've been with. Mm -hmm. And one of those conversations have been about like, um, just relationships, whether they're work relationships, intimate friends, whatever family, gosh, that's complicated. Um, and I wanted to ask you, cause I've been trying to just highlight my own, what are emotional triggers for you? Like the ones that like, 
And I can start if mm-hmm. you need to think about this. But the ones that like make you want to lay on the ground and throw a full on like five year old fit mm-hmm. because you just can't take it. Yeah, they're they're the things that make texts show up. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Kat. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll start. My first one that came to mind is I and and nobody likes this. So let me say this. Like, I recognize this isn't a big thing, but I want to take a pencil and stab myself in the belly button 45 <laughs> times when somebody does this. <laughs> Actually, I want to stab them in the belly button. Um, I cannot stand when people won't hold space for hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I mean by that is um, just letting them feel after they talk. Mm. Like everybody hates someone who interrupts when you're like, like that's my biggest pet peeve is if I'm in the middle of being vulnerable, cause I don't get there often mm-hmm. in relationships. Mm-hmm. I do it more on the podcast <laughs> than I even do in my own life. Cause this isn't a but, relationship at all. Well, I, I was going to say, of course I feel, I feel like I can trust you. And so Thank then everybody you. else in the world can hear it too. But it's not so much the interrupting. I, cause that's what I've always said is my biggest pet peeve. I can't stand when you know and we all do it like you'll be telling us we do it on the podcast all the time yeah. you know yeah. like you'll be telling a story and i'll be like oh my god me too mm-hmm. and then you start telling your story and you're like you just jumped on their mm-hmm. story that's not fair mm-hmm. uh, it's more than that though it's like if somebody is sharing like this is what i'm going through it's okay to only make a hmm yeah sound yeah for sure you know what i mean like yeah. let them and even when they're done Leave some space, you know, because I think we over, um, what's the word? I don't think we honor vulnerability enough. Yeah. I think, I think that, that we don't know how to, I I think that, you know, one of the things that I learned in school kind of early on and in this most recent educational journey, which I have to tell you about something else I'm considering. Um, oh, gosh. It, early on <laughs> in this journey. Am I doing it with you? Are we going to another school? Uh, yeah, I think we are. I really okay, do. Cool. And down. it starts spring of next year. Um, um, <laughs> one of the things that that is really common is that when people are in conversation most of the time, the listener is thinking more about what they're going to say next than they are actually listening to the person talking. Yep. So it's really more about me than it is about you, the person talking. Like that is that is a very like natural, like kind of human condition type thing. And so I think that in a lot of ways, like like we we've become ingrained um, in in like a communication um, ritual, if you will, is, is to go like, Oh, as I'm listening to you, I'm going to think about what I'm going to say next instead of just going like, huh? Okay. Well, you and I have even said that about our podcast. Like, I feel like some sort of flow started happening, you know, several months in where instead of us trying to come up with the next thing or look at our notes, like I'm not even touching my phone right now because I want some of our best things that we talk about come from actually listening to one another right. and not just looking for the next thing we brought to the table. I'd right. rather leave those for another week in mm-hmm. order to 
talk about more timely things. Yeah, I did. Me too, Moose. And it's so funny that you say that because I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, man, I listed like eight different things and we haven't talked about any of them. And we've been doing this for like 30 minutes. I know. I love Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So what are some for you? Like, what are those triggers that make you want to lay in the middle of the floor and throw a fit? Uh, when my character is challenged. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, challenge my character, challenge my motives. Yeah. You know, so, so when somebody challenges or doesn't acknowledge my character, man, it makes me want to act like a tyrant, uh, toddler. (laughs) I, and, and this is, is really, um, I'd actually think this is quite vulnerable and just really honest. Um, I really hate when I'm not chosen. Oh, like, it's like, I hate if I'm like the last kid that gets picked for the kickball team. Yeah. You know, and especially by authority figures, especially by people like teachers or, you know, whoever the heck is in charge. It's like, if, if I don't, if I don't get chosen, I, I get really bummed out. Like it makes me really sad. And I think that has to do with like some, old like um dad wounds you know like i think my dad was like super rough and tough and a military guy and all of that and it's like the last thing that that a lot of those people want to do is show emotion and vulnerability yeah you know and so i consistently felt like oh i'm not chosen by you and so i think that now when i i have an experience with someone in a leadership or or teaching you know, type position. And they're not like, Ooh, you're so special. Like, it's like, I get like, Oh, and it's like, wow, that's so unattractive. I really don't like that about myself. That's okay though. It's re it's not unattractive. I don't think, I think if you think about that as a kid, you just have wounds that still need to be healed, you know? <laughs> right. The one that's the arrow in my heart, like right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one, that little Cupid ass heart. Um, another one for me is when someone shoots down an idea that I have immediately and is like, Oh, that's actually not going to work because, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you need to let me dream. Like, don't burst my bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, even if it's not possible what I have or that it's, it's, um, out of the realms or I don't have the money for it or whatever. Like that is a space where I'm using my imagination, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's really hard for me when people shoot down ideas. Like I literally want to throw myself on the ground and just freak out. Well, let me ask you as, as one of your closest friends, um, how, how do we navigate that with you? Like, because, you know, you have a lot of really, really great ideas and I am one of those people who immediately goes to the practical and thinks about like, how is this going to play out? What is it going to look like five years from now? What are the emotional effects of it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. Like I think about all these things and I immediately want to like insert those things into the conversation. And so what I don't want to do is just completely go like, oh my gosh, your idea is amazing. And then you leave thinking like, I have fully endorsed and bought into the the idea. So then if I come around again later and go, hey, I've got some questions or some reservations, then I feel like you're going to feel misled. Does that make sense? So like how how does someone in my position navigate that with someone with your personality type? I think um, and I'm for those of you who don't know, I'm eight with a seven wing on the Enneagram. 
So that's a lot of my seven wing and eight. I have a lot of vision for things. I mean, I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur, (laughs) even though not all of them have come to business yet. I have a million (laughs) ideas constantly in my head. Right. Right. Um, which is great because I always feel like at any, I feel like it's a safety net at any point that shit doesn't go my way. And, you know, I leave my company or my company falls apart or whatever. Like, I feel like I could figure out a way to get by at any point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, like I, I picture it like I visualize it like that's me at the playground. Okay. You know, like that's like me and my friend, say it's me, you, Sarah, and a couple other friends or whatever. And we're at the playground and we're like on the merry-go-round or what's that thing that you keep spinning around and around and around oh man i love that thing i don't know what it's called but it makes you really really dizzy yeah you just go like around and around yeah so that the visual the visual i need to give you is that you and sarah and two or three of our other friends you guys are sitting on that and i'm spinning it and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god guys like what if we started a t-shirt company and we did this (laughs) this and this and you're like yeah Oh yeah, that's cool. You know? And then like the time where we were like, let's open up, uh, you know, let's have an office on music row. And you know, Mm -hmm. I, I sent you like four listings within (laughs) 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was ready to put down the down payment. I tried to set up, you know, here's the reality is I eventually come to my own senses, I Mm. think around what resonates and what doesn't. But in that moment, like I'm on the freaking playground and I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's freaking spin. Let's let's play it out. You know, like I I am just that's my imagination, like Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Um, And I recognize. So all that to say, I don't even think I would feel misled if you just played along. Really? Um, I, I and I don't want you to be anything that you're not. But I'm also like there's a time where. I'm going, hey, guys, I'm going to drop 20 grand on this idea that you guys should stop me if it's a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Like the properties on Music Row. Right. Exactly. You guys fizzled. Like nobody, everybody just like, it was just crickets. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I think because on my end, I was going like, wow, this would be really fun and really sexy and is really not a wise investment right now. Like it totally wasn't. But I had the best hour of my life going and find these amazing properties that I could dream about us. Like I had everyone's offices figured out and all that. And it's a tiny bit disappointing when it doesn't happen, but I also am fine. Like almost the joy is in the dreaming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm a good business creator and I need like general managers to come and run all of my businesses (laughs) because I don't want to do it. Well, and I think that I have um, slid into that role in many instances. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I wish you would slide in on on the other business. (laughs) Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Stop right now what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. (laughs) And we want you to pull out your phone and type in this number and send us a text. So open your messages. If you're on Android, I don't know what you do. Type in some sort of code. (laughs) Who knows? Beam me up, Scotty. All right. So get out your phone and text 1-866-528-6665. That's 1-866-528-6665. 
That is our phone number. You can call us. Don't worry, we don't answer. Leave a message. Or you can text us and we'll get it immediately. But we would love for you to save that number in your phone. So when you're listening, you can just pull up Cat and Moose Hotline and send us a text. And you can send us a text about anything. And you can you can text us about things you want to talk to us about. You can text us and tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, really anything you want to. We love hearing from you. That's one 528 the devil five. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so if you're going to call us, text us, put our contact info in your phone. Cat and Moose Podcast. The number is one 528 6665 The number is one 528 the devil's favorite number, five. Okay, so I um, I took out my trash this morning. That is a part of my household responsibilities. Like many of us have trash and we have to take it out. And so um, and so I took my trash out this morning. And one of the things that I have to do, and I don't do it every week, I do it every two weeks, is there's this trash can that I have out um, on my back deck where I dispose of dog poop in the trash can. Like I'll pick up my dog's poop around the backyard in little poop bags. Um, so I'll pick up the poop and I'll throw it in this trash can. And then about every two weeks, it's like, okay, if I don't take the trash out now, it's going to become so heavy and so cumbersome that I actually can't lift it. And then like the rainwater that gets around the poop bag then kind of smells like poop. And it's just this like ongoing, like train of, of disgusting. Right. Right. And so anyway, so today I, I decided I'm like, okay, it's trash day. I got to take out all the poop bags. So I have the trash can out front, the trash can out back. And, um, and so I'm lifting up the bag from out back and it's really heavy, but manageable. And I, I do the Oh, thing gross. where it's like you know it's like stuck in the trash can because of rainwater or whatever so then like the water i'm getting all over me i'm like oh my gosh it's like shit lined water whatever and so i carry the bag over to these rocky steps that i have that go down to my trash can um from the pool deck oh dear god and i fall down all those steps i fall down all of the steps are you okay? I am 100% fine. Do you know why? You landed on the shit. I landed on the shit. Wait, 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 wait. There was a bag of shit you were holding. You fall and it it saved your it saved your life. It completely saved my life. <laughs> it sa- it saved my life, my joints, my head, all like my knee, my elbow, everything landed in shit. It was a shit airbag. It was a shit airbag. <laughs> and I'm just going like, man, this feels really symbolic somehow. This is like the best, like, this is like the best metaphor ever in the world. Like, I want to write a book called I Was Saved by a Sack of Shit. <laughs> Just the phrase sack of shit is so great. What if if it would have opened up, you would have had a shit sandwich. Oh, man. (laughs) I would have been a shit blizzard. (laughs) That is so freaking disgusting. Why have they not figured out a way? Well, we okay. So at the house, we have somebody come by and pick it up every week. But you got pooper scoopers. 
Yeah, but Sarah picks it up. She just makes a pile of it on the side house. And it's so freaking disgusting. Like, <laughs> like how have we not figured out a way to dispose of that that's a little bit less nasty? Well, I don't, I, I don't know that there is a way that's less nasty unless we pick up the poop in a poop bag and then we bring it inside and plop it in the toilet. Oh, and then my flush God. It. Can you not ever use the word plop? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And so it sent me down this, of course, like rabbit hole. (laughs) And do you know that, (laughs) do you know that the amount of trash that is buried in the United States has doubled since 1960? Wait, that's buried? Does that mean the um, landfills? Yeah. Yeah. So like since 1960, we have doubled the amount of trash that we put in the ground in the U.S. ranks in the middle of the United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, France and Japan. And guess who ranks at the top of who throws away the most shit into the earth? Like what country? Yeah. I'm going to go with China. It's the United Kingdom. Really? Well, they've got less land, though. Well, I guess I know, but it's like they throw away more trash than anybody, and they just live on a tiny island. So I know we've got listeners in the UK. Like, guys, what are you guys doing about your trash problem? Because in the US alone, each year, we throw away 251.3 million tons of trash, including my dog's shit. Okay, so straight up, what are we going to do about that? Because I've always I've always wondered, like think about how much trash that really is. Mhm. You know, you see like landfills and crap like that and you're like, yeah. "Okay, well at least it's that area." But if we're putting it into the ground, which I guess I didn't realize that's what's happening, that has to affect the earth. Oh, it totally does. And then what are we putting into the ground? How much of that is actually, you know, what's the word? Being absorbed. Biodegradable. Yeah, biodegradable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really great question. And it's like, I thought about like, okay, doesn't a car weigh like a ton? Like, doesn't the average car weigh like a ton? And it's like 251.3 million tons per year. So if you think of 251 million cars, I can't even think of that many cars, but that's the amount of trash that we are like dumping into landfills just in the United States. And it's like, well, no wonder like there are cancers and there are like pathogens and there are COVID variants and things like that. I mean, it's like we're putting really terrible stuff into the earth and then going like, oh, this should turn out great. I know. Like, honestly, like I think about next generations and it's so scary if you look yeah. at what's happening with global warming. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about Elon Musk and all these other characters talking about how they're going to colonize Mars? You know, I really haven't kept up with that. Teach me. Well, I don't know a ton about it, but I just heard in passing, like as they, you know, as the uh, uh, Jeff Bezos and the guy from Virgin Atlantic, you know, did the space things recently space things the space travels (laughs) um you know obviously they didn't go all the way up but it was an orbit Mm -hmm. but anyway elon musk is saying that his goal which obviously may not be in his lifetime is that they colonize mars and that could possibly be where everyone works and then you just live on earth 
So you go to Mars to go to work. I guess. I don't know. How long would that take? And then you live on... I mean, exactly. It's like, man, talk about a colossal waste of time. Like, I could have not- totally heard that wrong for what it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm go- Let me Google it about colonizing Mars. Hold on. Please hold. Sorry, patrons. Well, while we're talking about things happening in the news, one of the things that I want to celebrate because it personally benefits me is that because of all this talk from Richard Branson and Elon Musk and all of that, crypto is back up, baby. Oh, it totally is. I've been waiting for my Coinbase was around 700 and I got it above a thousand now. Finally, it spiked to like 62 and then went down to like 30 something. I know it's been nuts lately. Like mine, I invested a thousand total. And at one point I had $3,600. I should have just cashed out. Yeah. Like totally cashed out. And then it went back down to like $750 and now it's back up to like 1600. Okay. This literally said, congratulations. (laughs) This literally says Mars will be colonized by humans by the year 2050 as long as autonomous mining processes quickly become more commercially viable what the crap i just don't care why does elon musk want to colonize mars he wants spacex to reach mars so humanity is not a single planet species while the company is flying astronauts uh he is working to develop a starship I mean, this is like crazy. This is right. the stuff that we thought we would see in our lifetime. And we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really seeing it. It's Jetsons. Including things like, say again? It's the Jetsons. Well, kind of. Yeah, not it, not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> At least not in my experience. And one of the things that we're seeing in our lifetime is the Delta variant. What do you think about what's going on right now with COVID? I, I, okay. Lord knows that nobody can get the messaging right about masks because even though the CDC is now saying even if you're vaccinated, if you're in a high risk area, wear a mask. Nashville, I saw the, you know, we have a Democratic mayor and he was like, we're not going to bring mask mandates back. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to last, in my opinion. Mm -mm. Yeah, I think we're going to need a. those who have been vaccinated probably will need a booster, a third shot. Mm hmm. But it is scary. Honestly, it's super scary. How do you feel? Yeah, I, to me, I, I was reading a little bit about this today. And like, basically, like the rate of vaccinations has slowed by more than 80% across the country. Okay, so like, it's like people have been like, meh, I don't really think I need to do that anymore. And more than half of the people in the United States, that's more than half the people that live in this country, live in counties where most people are not vaccinated. Wow. And I'm like, why? Like, why? And I really want to understand it's not, well, maybe it's a little bit of judgment. I'll I'll be honest. I've got a little bit of judgment about if you don't want to have a vaccine, not so much that I can't sit with you and hear your reasoning. Like, I would really love to understand for those of you who are anti-vaxxers, like why, like what, what is, what is substantiating that decision? I really want to understand. A couple of people I've talked to who have not gotten a vaccine um one of them said that uh they want more um scientific proof that it doesn't hurt you because i guess because the fda hasn't approved it because it's an emergency that takes time i guess yeah and it's just an emergency thing 
Mm-hmm. So some people have said like, well, that's a red flag. The CDC hasn't approved or sorry, the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other people, I think, just wanted in some ways to wait and see, like, was there a huge health risk in doing that? Right. Right. Um, and then some people, I think it's just political. I think it's mm-hmm. simply, this is my choice. This is my choice. And it's like, well, when your kids can't be vaccinated because there's not a current vaccine, maybe you would want to protect your kids at least right. is my, right. is my thought. But yeah, if you are out there and you happen to be listening to this podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can hit us up at hello at cat and podcast.com or one eight six six K A T M O O five. Okay, I have to tell you something that happened since we've been camping. Okay. Holy shit, cat. Okay. What what do you got? I'm uh Sarah has this two-room tent and I'm laying in bed and I say to her, There's something crawling on me. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and she says, There's nothing crawling on you. And I said, No, really, there's something crawling on me. I take the flashlight from my phone and I pull back the covers, cat. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. At least 200 no. ants in my bed. No. No. On me. No. Inside of my clothing. No. Probably inside of my crevices. Oh. The first thing I'm freaked out about are my ears. I'm convinced right. they're in my brain and they've crawled into my ears. <laughs> Well, your ears don't go to your brain, so that's good. I am n- not even kidding. So I start freaking out. Everybody else in the campground is asleep. And I'm like, Sarah, help me, help me. And I start pulling off my covers. I'm like, there's freaking ants all over the tent. Oh, oh, oh. what did you do? I'm literally scratching right now. It's freaking Yeah, out. yeah, I kind of want to scratch too. Like, ew. Well, the worst part is that... It's at night, so we can't, like, full-on, like... Mm -hmm. So we pull out all the bedding, all of the crap that's in the floor. You know, you have to take everything out. And that sounds like such a miserable experience. I want you to take a guess. And by the way, it wasn't just the tent that we were in all around us on the side we were on. There were ants that we found out the next morning. But I want you to guess that for the tent that uh, Sarah and I were staying in, what was the most interesting thing in there for those ants? I'm going to guess that it was... Um, like, what was covered in ants, even though the bed was? But what were they coming for? They were coming for um, Delta-8 gummies. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, but you are wrong, but that's a good guess. Uh, that's a real good guess. Do the Delta 8 gummies defend against the Delta 8 COVID? Uh, they ought to. <laughs> <laughs> if so, pop me one, man. I'll I even share one with my mom this weekend. Oh, you, are you going to have a gummy with your mom? No. No. Okay, so the thing that they came after was was my mouth guard. Oh my gosh, for real? <laughs> it is the freaking nastiest, scariest, creepiest, disgusting thing. When you're cleaning out the tent and I have my mouth guard in the oh. case and they oh. are, it's been washed. The teeth have been brushed. 
but there must have been something on that that they liked oh. and i am so disgusted about myself <laughs> i didn't know that i had bacteria that ants like to eat but i am just telling you guys if you are going camping freaking put the mouth guard in the car and leave it there Oh my gosh, like the ants attacked your mouth guard. Like that would wipe me out for a decade. <laughs> like I would, I would, you know, I'm always worried about having bad breath anyway. You yeah. know, it's like if, if my mouth guard were infested by ants, like I, I literally, I don't know that I could recover from that trauma. What I, are you going to do? That's all I've dreamt about since. And then oh. I like clean it off. Of course, I like bleach it and do all the things that. <laughs> But like, I'm like, I can't, this is a, I've already replaced this mouth guard once because my dog oh. chewed it up. It's a $1,500 piece <laughs> so of equipment. Awful. There's something about your mouth that animals are really attracted to. Apparently bacteria. And that's freaking <laughs> disgusting. So I, I clean this thing up. And so last night is the first night I sleep with it since this happened. And the entire night I slept like this. Like I, I have this mouth guard in and then I just have my lip over it and I just kept my teeth clenched because I thought if they like it outside, imagine how they love it on the inside right, of my mouth. Right. And so your mouth was pursed like an asshole. <laughs> I was squeezing it tight. <laughs> so anyway, if you need any more camping tips, just send us an email at hello We've got all kinds of advice. And the good thing is, is that you would get advice from all three of us. You would get advice from Moose. You would get advice from producer Sarah. And you would get advice from me. And my advice would be stay home. Stay <laughs> no, home. No, no. I'm telling you the kind of camping that we've been doing, you would absolutely love. Oh, it's like super communal. Everybody's cooking and cleaning up together. Like it's totally a, a vibe you would dig. Yeah, I, I feel sure I would. So I think you need to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to give it a shot. I'll do it. We'll do uh we'll do the Cat and Moose podcast from the campgrounds Ooh, in 2022. Like Maybe yeah. we can invite our patrons to come if they feel comfortable. Oh, that would they be can so come fun. and camp with us. That would be so fun. Like the list goes on and on and on. Shout out to Aubrey who just became a patron this week. Uh, an old dear friend of ours. We love you so much. Um, and we'll probably do an interview with you at some point on the podcast as yeah. well because you have an amazing, inspirational story. Beautiful story that you have, Aubrey, and you're not old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much for listening this week. Keep sending us a uh, text at one eight six six kat M O O five. And we love your emails as well and love replying to them. Hello at cat and moose podcast.com. And next week, cat and moose and producer Sarah are attending the podcast convention in Nashville, Tennessee. I am so excited about what we're going to learn. It's going to be so fun. Hopefully we can figure out some tips and tricks to make things better and to even get a broader audience. Yeah. We are looking forward to delivering a better experience for you. Thanks for listening, guys. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.